All right, how is it going, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Forward Thinking. If you don't know, Forward Thinking is a podcast about people who build companies, have visions for the future, and mesh the two together to create a future of their own. Today, we have a guest, Andrew Parker, on the line, who is the CEO and founder of PAPA. How's it going, Andrew? Really good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for coming on the call. How's your day going? It's going on pretty good in uh, actually sunny South Florida, which is a little bit cooler today than normal. So it's a good day so far. Nice. Generally, is it is it pretty hot during the or more warm during the winter, or what are your winters like generally? We don't really have a winter. It just goes somewhere between uh, ninety and seventy eight usually. But uh, today is a nice sixty degree. All right. Cool. We'll take it. <laughs> Very nice. Well, cool. Well, then let's dive right into it. So you're, as I said, you're the CEO and founder of PAPA. Tell us a little bit about PAPA if someone hasn't heard of it before. Yeah, so uh, PAPA connects college students to older adults uh, for companionship, assistance, and transportation. We refer to the students uh, as PAPA pals, and uh, essentially what we are providing are grandkids on demand, which is a really cute slogan that really talks to our story. Uh, The students will help with things like uh, house help, chores, run errands, uh, provide uh, transportation to the doctor's office. Uh, But primarily, we're focused on reducing loneliness and isolation through a a fun and uh, enjoyable companion. Wow, yeah. When I remember when I first heard uh, heard of Papa and looked up your company, I was I was amazed by the originality of of the concept and what you're kind of implementing. I'm curious, how did you come up with that? Uh, how did you come up with the idea? What, what was the? How did you come up with it? And, and why did you come up with it? What was the reason behind it? Yeah, so uh, definitely quite random. Uh, I had no knowledge of the older care space, but uh, I have a lot of background in, in healthcare. I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur, but really. Never came across a, a good vision or an idea, uh, but I knew I had it in me. So uh, one day, actually, my grandfather, who we called Papa, uh, he needed a caregiver, but really wasn't comfortable with having a stranger in the home. Uh, he didn't need to be bathed. He, you know, could go to the bathroom on his own. So, you know, just thinking out loud, I said to my family, it would be a great idea to connect Papa to a college student because he was super educated, incredibly intelligent, and I just thought he would feel comfortable with that type of a person and I think he would enjoy you know having a younger person around him so literally hired a college student from a Facebook you know post that I had on my own personal Facebook she was a med student from Venezuela who was you know kind of going through that transition here to uh, to the United States to be a doctor and he absolutely loved it it brought off the burden for my grand my grandmother his primary caregiver Um, and so I left my job a year and a half ago to focus on this full time after just um, being able to offer the service to like four or five of my friends, family members, realizing how much they loved it. Um, and so that's kind of how we started. Awesome. And it's a true example of scratching your own itch or solving a problem that, that, that is real in your life or in your family's life. So that, that's incredible. So you said you, you left your job about a year and a half to go a full time on this. First of all, congratulations on that. In the last year and a half, have how has your vision or aspirations, just how have your thoughts about the problem you're solving changed, if at all? Is, is, is solving the problem for one person kind of giving you the same vision of solving it for, for hundreds of people? Or I'm curious, like, ha- has the vision or idea evolved in the past couple of years? 
Uh, yeah, 100% interesting question. So, you know, at first we thought, wow, we could connect a college student to an older person for, you know, assistance. They'd kind of be like an on-demand assistant. Uh, but what we quickly quickly realized the bigger problem we're solving is that seniors, um, older adults, more appropriately, are incredibly lonely in comparison to other age demographics. About 47% of older adults are lonely and isolated. And so this has a profound effect on their health. If you're alone and don't see anyone and don't, you know, maybe you don't have family or maybe they're at a distance, uh, you're going to you know, feel more depressed. You may have a higher chance of premature death, a higher chance of Alzheimer's. Um, you're going to go to the hospital more. So by simply inserting a younger uh, generation to be able to provide some of those uh, comforting experiences, we're really providing this huge value to these, you know, otherwise alone uh, individuals. So we shifted away from focusing on being a, an assistance service and focus more now on a companionship solution. We still do drive you. We still do help you with groceries. We still teach you to use computers. We still help you with the house, but our underlying value is that we are a grandkid on demand and we're providing some significant companionship. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that, that's fantastic. I do, I do have a question that, that just popped up in my head. Um, do you find that the grandkids themselves get the benefit out of they get a benefit out of this as well? Like in a world where, where it's socializing is becoming online and sometimes there's also some stats out there that say the younger generations are also fairly lonely. What impact is this having on the grandkids or quote unquote grandkids themselves when they uh, kind of interact with, with uh, Papa or the, the different, uh, the different pe uh, people that you're serving? Yeah, so uh, we found that to be 100% accurate. Uh, interestingly enough, something that we were not aware of is uh, according to a recent Cigna study, the Large Health Plan, the two loneliness, loneliest populations are actually older adults and college-age students. Um, that was, you know, frankly, by chance. We just thought it would be valuable for, for my grandpa originally and, and other older adults. But uh, we found this to be incredibly valuable to them, not only from a loneliness perspective, but think if you're a nursing student or a a med student, um, and you want to go on and be a doctor or a nurse, you know, this is incredibly valuable to you as, as you develop your own career. Um, of course, you get paid and it's flexible, but it's essentially a, a really incredible internship opportunity to be able to work with this type of uh, a user group. That's awesome. That, that's, that's really cool to hear. And I would say my last question specific about the company today uh, is what is the what would you say is the vision for the company today like as, as a ceo like you, your job is to make sure there's cash in the bank it's to hire the best people and it's to like row the boat in the right direction so what direction are you growing in right now and, um, <laughs> and you can go from like you can go 10 years out 50 years out 100 years out but like kind of where where are you headed where's papa headed yeah, I mean, we, we think of ourselves as a company that's connecting to distinct generations now, but we do believe in the future there's an opportunity to support many different age groups uh, across the board. We also really are what we think of as the early part of the aging journey. You know, we, we are not a nurse, we're not a doctor, we're not a home care service. We're really at this point where prior to Papa, there was either nothing or wait until you can't get out of bed and can't go to the bathroom on your own. And we just thought that was strange. Um, and so we think of ourselves as part of the aging journey and we want to support you throughout that process. Uh, we're hyper-focused now on, you know, supporting our, our current members that are consumers as well as starting to partner with large Medicare organizations so that this can be offered uh, either at no cost or a reduced cost to those that are, are lonely um, and associated with the health plan. And then once we get the larger audience, we'll be uh, considering other services, capturing data in the home, 
uh, and really trying to support the person in the way that they need to be supported, not always with a pop of help, but potentially with other provider types. Wow, what a what a direction to be rowing! And congrats on your your initial success. It sounds like you have hit something pretty big with uh, with with these two markets. So congratulations on that. Thank you. And obviously, what you're building now is, of course, going to impact the future because that's kind of what startups do. No one, no one's heard of them today, but tomorrow they're Google, they're Uber, they're Facebook, etc. So let's talk about the future. Let's let's change gears a little bit and uh, um, kind of turn on the uh, brainstorming crazy idea knob in our brains and let's like think about the future. I think that the reason why startups are so f- uh, fun and impactful is that there are a group of people, like you're one of them and so am I, that, that say, you know what, like this could be done better and, and, and I'm gonna be the one to do it better. And, and oftentimes founders actually change industries for the better um, when no one think, thought they ever could. And the, kind of the, the, our world today, no one would have guessed what it would have looked like 20 years ago. So we're building the future here. So I'm curious, can you tell me a little bit about what you think the future looks like in 50 years in any industry. It could be healthcare, education, and the government, technology. Honestly, this is just a, a experiment of thinking, oh, hey, like if, if any, everything in my mind came to fruition, like what would that look like? So can you go for a second, for like a minute or so, and just talk about what, what you think the future is going to be in like 2050 and 2070, et cetera? Well, that could be a very long conversation, but uh, just as it pertains to, you know, healthcare, I think, which is, is my background, just for the audience, prior to Pop, I was an early employee at a company called MD Live, uh, which is a telehealth provider with over 30 million members where you can do a virtual encounter with the doctor uh, from your home. And so I believe that uh, what's going to happen and already is happening will continue to happen at, at levels that I probably don't even have the ability to recognize, you know, 50 years out. But uh, we will be doing things much more proactively. We'll be monitoring people. We'll understand what's going on in their home. Uh, and we're seeing a big shift away from uh, facilities to the home where we have technology and devices and monitoring uh, capabilities uh, and the ability to capture data without ever having an individual uh, either A, seeing a person physically or even virtually, but using different um, technologies to be able to monitor these people and really know what's going on with them before they know. So for example, I think the early stages of that are things like the new Apple Watch, where they're able to track EKG. And uh, there's been a significant number of stories where people actually ended up having AFib, where they had a uh, you know irregular heartbeat. And frankly, if it wasn't for the iWatch in that particular instance, they may have died. And so I think that's the really early stages of what we'll see, where you know maybe today it's an Apple Watch, maybe in the future it's you know nanotechnology. Uh, I don't know for sure, but definitely to be able to understand what is going on with someone's health before they even know it's, you know, before they even have a specific feeling. And I think that type of a focus is not only happening from a technology perspective, but also from a payment model perspective. Historically in healthcare, you know, the, the healthcare system would get paid when you showed up. And that's not necessarily the best way to support someone. And really thinking about how do we manage someone's healthcare in a way that's high quality and a good experience and only putting them into a setting or a situation when it makes sense. So if you're a 90-year-old male uh, that you know, lives alone, that doesn't have family, that doesn't have a car, uh, maybe you have a couple of chronic diseases, a lot of that can be supported uh, in, uh, in the home without having that person come. But of course, if you need a surgery or something more specific, 
then you work in, in concert with you know some of these organizations. So I do believe holistically approaching one's healthcare, um, you know, kind of from the beginning to the end is going to be a really critical part of our future, both from technology and from a infrastructure, you know, government perspective and uh, also a payment perspective. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That is sounds like a great vision for the future in terms of healthcare. Who do you think are the the three, four, five companies that you might guess be or or know based on your knowledge that are going to be the ones that you think fulfill that 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 future or that vision? If you if you have to guess, what are companies that are that are doing it right now that are going to be the major players in healthcare tomorrow? Um, I'll be like you can mention yourself or any other company you think is doing it right. But I'm curious what your thoughts sure. are on that. Sure, and I, I don't think any one company is going to solve this massive problem. Um, which will continue to exist, obviously, but in in integrating between different organizations is going to be really critical. You've seen it, you know, potentially if you read about uh, like Humana, which is a large health plan acquiring a home care company, acquiring a provider network. Uh, you know, Walgreens today announced partnering with Microsoft to bring healthcare to people in a different way. Uh, but you know, truthfully, and I'm somewhat of a fanboy as, as most people are. Um, I do believe Apple will likely make the biggest impact on healthcare. Uh, Tim Cook actually the other day or two weeks ago announced that, you know, what they've done with technology has been great, but their biggest impact on the world by far will be in the healthcare space and they're just starting. I mean, think about the data they have and the capability they have and you know, how they're pretty much um, have access to almost everyone in the world. That's super interesting. And if you have that and you've been collecting it over years and you're leveraging AI and you're leveraging uh, predictive analysis, you really can support someone in a way that's never been done before. So companies like Apple, companies like Google, uh, but also large healthcare insurance companies that are going to be not only you know paying for your healthcare, but also providing you those services and bringing you those technologies. So companies like Humana, uh, which we've partnered with so far to offer uh, services to their members uh, is also going down that path. Yeah, that's something that I, as someone not in the industry, not in the healthcare industry, I didn't know that Apple was kind of a, people thought Apple was going to um, help solve that problem. But with the recent events, as you said, um, with the advancements in the Apple Watch, I, it kind of makes sense. So that's, that's an interesting take. And I, I actually see how that makes sense. So I like that. On a, on a note off of healthcare, just in general, um, you're obviously ingrained in in technology and startups. You're like building and healthcare. You're building this this company, and and from what I can see, it's it's going pretty well. So, with your knowledge, aside from healthcare, what are the two, three, four, five companies that are going to be the next Apple, Google, Facebook of of twenty thirty that no one's heard of today? Just shot in the dark like it obviously it, is just more curious of how you're thinking about companies on the rise now it could be healthcare or not but who do you think are the players that are that are doing it right now that are going to to, to grow to an immense size based on future trends yeah I, I i actually think um you know companies like uber and lyft are at the early stages of getting into being beyond just a transportation service which is incredibly uh, large opportunity. Specifically, I think Lyft is really hitting on the head around how to support people in ways beyond just you know taking them around around the city. Um, what's what's funny is I I don't think that the company that uh, is the next Apple or Google even exists yet. To be honest, 
Um, I think that it's probably someone listening to this podcast thinking about, oh, this is something really cool. I always wanted to get into X, Y, and Z, and it'll happen that way. What I think about just from my own perspective with Papa is, you know, we start off as this pretty simple concept, and we're bringing a lot of value to older adults and, and to the students themselves. But that's really just the beginning. What we think of, uh, what we provide is like a care logistics platform. And when you have the ability to, um, you know, not only send people in between you know, homes and, and facilities, but also uh, be in someone's home and capture data. It's super incredible uh, that we are now able to essentially articulate what's going on with someone before you know anyone else knows. Because typically in healthcare, you don't know that someone is sick until they show up at the hospital. But with Papa, we are in the home way prior to that happening, and we'll be able to support people uh, in that way. So thinking about it from more of an ecosystem perspective, uh, but just generally, I think there are a lot of really exciting companies um, in a lot of different industries, you know, companies that, you know, kind of completely off topic, but like uh, Boom, the Sonic Boom uh, airplane, so cool. that's a Y so Combinator cool. company. And I heard that uh, the founder talk. And I just think like companies like that are taking some of these like old school ideas, you know, like the Concord and saying, you know what, that happened 50 years ago. There's a huge opportunity to, to really revamp that. And then I think they could essentially replace what we think of as traditional commercial airlines. Companies like that that are really thinking like way far ahead. Um, I'm a big fan of, of what uh, Elon Musk has done, even though sometimes he goes off the rails. I'm super supportive of, of their vision. You know, obviously he has Tesla, he has SpaceX, he has SolarCity. Uh, but really my from my perspective and, and probably many of the listeners here, you could see how collaboratively those organizations um, are able to really change the way people think about, you know, how they get around, what, you know, what they're using for energy, um, you know, what, what we're doing uh, in, in outer space and, and how we can bring satellites to, to, other, um, to other industries. So I think organizations like that really are uh, exciting. Yeah, I, I agree with all of that. Uh, they're all very exciting companies. Then I have, I have one last question for you. We, we've talked about it kind of, we've talked about the future of healthcare, We've talked about what Papa is doing to kind of like be in that ecosystem um, of companies solving the problem. And we've just generally talked about um, the future, companies of the future, et cetera. But when you think of the future, there are going to be people that are listening to this that want to say, well, I want to build a future. Like, what can I do to, to impact the world in 20, 30, 45 years? You know, like, like what can I do? So if you, if you were giving advice to an 18 year old freshman college student who said, you know what, I have the drive. I, I want to, I want to do big things in this life. Like I, what should I do? What advice would you give them? Yeah. And from, from my perspective, I think a lot of people spend a lot of time ideating around what idea should I have? How should I do this? How do I do this? And frankly, there's not like a step-by-step -step guide on how to build a startup uh, per se. I mean, there's some, you know, similar things that go on like funding and, you know, obviously growth and using online channels for marketing and things like that. Um, but truthfully, the best way to get going is just to start. I mean, your first idea may not be your best idea, but maybe that will allow you to pivot to another one and another one and another one. So you kind of find what's right. And on the way uh, throughout that process, you're going to learn an incredible amount. You're going to learn uh, what people want, which is really critical. And so for me, I was able to think about Papa because of a personal need. So if you're just starting with a blank slate of paper, a blank sheet of paper, I would you know, definitely recommend that people think of like what problems are affecting them on a daily basis or what problems they see affecting others. And I think if you spend some time thinking about it that way, 
you'll come up with a pretty lengthy list. I mean, we could just think about little things like even you and I jumped onto Zoom meeting. Like there were some issues around like using a Google versus using a Zoom versus sending that link out. So uh, like what problems are existing in your life that can be that can be fixed that you know don't only impact you. <laughs> of course, it has to impact other people. But you know, with me, with Papa, this was something that was not a business idea, but it was a problem that was affecting my family. And when I got to thinking about it, like, wow, what other families are affected by this? And obviously, looking into the data, it's, it's massive. But it doesn't always have to be a trillion dollar idea. Also, it could be, you know, something small, maybe a small business, maybe some, you know, maybe you want to offer some uh, retail store. So my personal perspective is just that, you know, stop thinking so much and start doing. All right, you heard it from Andrew himself. Stop thinking and start doing. Well, Andrew, thank you so much for being on the Forward Thinking Podcast. I look forward to seeing what you do to impact the future and how, how Papa becomes a, a thriving company in the next decade or two. And I'll be, I'm, I'm looking forward to watching your journey. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Have a good day. Yep, you too.